Well, hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, starring, not coincidentally, Ramon Foster. And, Ramon, you know, this show is brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they are open for business 24-7, hot, fresh food. You know what? That's clutch for people to get up super early, or, you know what, late at night, during the daytime, anytime, basically, right? Yeah, we're kind of opposites in that regard, aren't we? We are, man. You're up at 4.30 in the morning for that radio gig. Don't remind me. You know what happens early in the morning, too, is the road crew in the south doesn't necessarily clean like they do up north. No, so they call off sick. <laughs> Kids you, know what I'm, you know what I'm going to reference. You remember <laughs> the, the Super Bowl when the Steelers yeah. were playing down in Fort Worth. Uh, yeah. The Steelers were staying yeah. in a hotel in Fort Worth, and in there's a snow-slash-ice storm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everything closed. Shut down. Now, mind you, we're down there, and we're like, <laughs> what's the problem? You oh, know What's going on? <laughs> Let me tell you what truck? the problem was. No, the problem was they were putting <clears throat> sand down, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this. Like a... On the freeways. <laughs> It was like a half salt. It was like shuffleboard. (laughs) What are we? What are we doing here? You know, I got to sprinkle the salt on the table. That's basically what it was. We were driving to a practice, and I remember seeing a bus on the side of the highway. Luckily, it's flat in Dallas, but it was a bus in the ditch over there. I had to do a lot of driving because uh, you'll recall the team hotel, your hotel was in Fort Worth. So I stayed in Fort Worth so I could be closer to the lobby and, you know, Mm -hmm. try to get scoops and stuff like that. But then when you guys practiced or the Packers practiced, we had to go to the places. We were at TCU. And and I'm like, you couldn't even get up the ramps to get on the freeways. No, it was bad. And that's what it turned into today. That kids got out of school today, TK. I know. (laughs) They, they call it asynchronous classes is what they call it. I'll tell you what. They got three days left of snow days. And February is usually the worst month for snow and ice in Tennessee. They're going to be going to school in the summertime is what's next. This is the this is officially the worst football <laughs> podcast ever. Let's yes. talk about actual football here. But, the, but this year I found out about what a nor'easter was. I never knew what a nor'easter was. Now, as long as you know where the apostrophe goes, though, you're good. <laughs> But you, so y'all got it too in Pittsburgh. So, but you're right. No, they skip Nor'easter. Skip always skip Pittsburgh. They go like a U shape. They come down from Manitoba and do this, and then they curl up the East Coast, and we just laugh at it as it goes by. But I'm not going to be laughing because I got to go to Boston on Monday, so I'll be getting hit with the (laughs) Nor'easter. Worst ever football podcast continues. (laughs) Let's before we let, let, this first segment. I just want to take one really, really specific. Point. Okay. When I would talk with you NFL player types, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about no tape recorder, no nothing. Mm-hmm. All of you knew who was feeling a little mm, on the other side. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like I can identify, for example, a certain player who used to wear 99 for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who once pulled me over in a locker room in charlotte north carolina and uh-huh. said we knew that guy wasn't gonna beat us meaning cam newton yeah yeah Did you see something i heard that from you guys about andy dalton and about other guys what happened to patrick mahomes in the final few oh minutes my of that God. Game? what was that you know what i, I can i can the legend is what happened everything that he has done 
everything that he has been, which is awesome, amazing, is what happened in the fourth quarter. He was trying to be a hero instead of just giving it to Robin. He should have just given it to Robin numerous times down the field. That first, the, the very the very thing he did in the first half of that game. You got to think about that play where with Tyreek in the first half, where it ended. I think that legitimately may have shook him a little bit. I think it may have just like, we didn't get in. Tyreek is faster than anybody. Then you have a guy, I don't want to call him a has-been, but you got a guy like Eli Apple who's been on this third or fourth team. Make that tackle. On top of that, I think it was Henderson or uh, Sam Hubbard that was running them down also. It was Hubbard. I think yeah. It was Hubbard. So when they didn't get those points and he came out trying to rally and then you got the young guy that everybody's been talking about as far as Joe Burrow making plays in the second half. I think Mr. He, cool. Mr. Cool. I can't can I I'm, real quick. The guy is he's cool. I we'll talk about him later. I'm sure Joe Burrow, but I'm like, God, Lee, they finally got it right. Is that they what it was? They, I don't know. They picked first overall. I don't. And then, and you couldn't miss on that one. But no. so as as far as Patrick Mahomes go, teams again. You know, I've told you this time and time again. I've said this to everybody. I said it on my show here in Nashville and everything. I'll tell anybody in this league. You have a hot year, do it again, and then do it again, and then make it consistent. And while you're making it consistent, keep getting better and better and better until you start to decline. The league catches up. And Cincinnati give them credit on their game plan as far as breaking him down. And they, they drop back. Yeah, they drop back. Yeah, the league finds you out, DK. They do. It, they find you out. It's the same reason why Juju got you know caught slipping a time or two. It's the same reason why you. I've had people tell me, man, just get to Ben if you can, but let him find a way. Like, he'll do something. It, like, I've had defenders try to tell me that. Like, if you don't get him the first time, the second time around, he's going to kill you as far as his play down the field. You know, like, that was mm-hmm. the thing that people would say or whenever Pittsburgh was doing the uh, – whenever Ty Haley came in and we started doing the, you know, the dump-off offense and yeah. then start taking it over the top, everybody just started saying, well, stand at five yards. Watch what this offense does. Truth be told, the last couple of years, what have everybody, every defense done? Clothesline. They've sat at five. <laughs> yeah. There's not much you can do from that, man. And the same thing has happened when it comes down to a young guy like Patrick Mahomes is they found him out. In a point in which he needed to make plays, he didn't need to make but plays. But you're right. I agree totally with what you said, though, at the very beginning, too, which is that he tried to do too much. And I think in, in particular – of the the drop back that he had, the one that Hubbard sniffed out. Yeah. Remember Hubbard was spying? Yeah. Okay. So he drops back, uh, Mahomes does, and he has a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Okay. This was down by the end zone there. Okay. Yep. Year and a half. Real late in the game. And, okay, he's got Kelsey. He's got all these other targets that he could be hitting, and he's going, but, 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 but I'm going to, I'm going to. And then he, he leaves the, and then Hubbard is like, what the hell, man? Yeah, for real. <laughs> Hubbard just says, I'm just going to I'm gonna go stack you and here. put pressure on you. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's what it was. And, you know, truth be told, it might be hard from him. I'm going to say it's going to be hard for him, but it might be a little different from him. It's like changing your jump shot, you know, or changing the way you skate maybe. It's, it's one of those things where, no, but if you do it correctly tech, technically – then you'll be fine. And I think that's where he is as far as being able to pull back on himself and say, look, I got some of the best. And Patrick Mahomes does. Got some of the best 
the best weapons, tools, oh, receivers, yeah. tight ends, whatever more, you want to call them every year in yeah. the world. And he's even their uh, their player said Tariq Hill said it said them having Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid is like having Michael Jordan and 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 uh, what's his name Phil Jackson. And it is yeah. because they are two gurus, and a lot of the time you win offensively in this league. It just sucks, though, because they had them beat. And Patrick, I think, got to take that one on the chin. I'm not going to predict the demise of Patrick Holmes. That's a losing bet. However, however, I am reminded of that time when a group of us were surrounding Ben Roethlisberger's stall on the south side, and somebody, it wasn't me, asked him about – RG3 and this next wave. Do you remember this? Yes. He got (laughs) flack behind that too, remember? He got flack because it sounded like he was knocking him. But it was about to, just for those who didn't hear it, it was about this next generation of great young NFL quarterbacks. And all Ben said was, let's see where they are after three years, which is exactly the time period you just cited. And by the way, was exactly the time period in which nobody ever heard of any of those guys ever again. No, sir. And that's the one thing I tell my kids or anybody who's doing something sports wise. If you do it, heck, I can throw a bomb 50 yards down the field and let the receiver run, but do it again and do it. And that's what the league challenges you to do. There's so many guys sitting in in rooms, DK, that are breaking down film that we hadn't had never seen. We used to go into games and be like, we grabbed this from 2002 Oakland Raiders. And I'm like, Oh, two. Well, there was the same defensive coordinator there, and he coached the defensive line. What? Ben was in his 17th year, and everyone <laughs> was claiming to have found some kind of hitch in his foot. Remember? Yeah. And there was, oh, he's signaling something here. It's like, I mean, yeah. I mean, they're going to find it. They're it's enough tape. It. It's not like the old days. There's something. You do something on film that gives it up. When we come back, we're going to talk about the really just sickening concept of the Cincinnati Bengals being in the Super Bowl here on the Ramon Foster Show. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market. And Moan, the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. These are words that should never come out of a human mouth. Okay? And it's actually going to happen. Now, we can give credit where it's due and talk about Burrow and talk about the playmakers and Jamar Chase and all these other guys yeah, and improved defense. Not me. I want to talk about Pac-Man. Yeah, <laughs> okay? yeah, so yeah. He, these guys are in the Super Bowl, and they are still thinking about the Steelers. Yep. It's incredible. I mean, Pac-Man puts out this, this big statement that says, nobody from Pittsburgh is allowed to cheer for the Bengals in this Super Bowl. And I'm thinking – let it go, man. Let first, it go. When I saw it, I said, "What? The, I, hey, we're keeping this a family show, okay?" Yeah. yeah but yeah. I was like, "Who? Who the? What the? And how you the, like Pac-Man? You I like, like him? Pac. Yeah. He's very cordial, man. I bought tickets from him. I he didn't even charge me for him. Like when we went to Cincinnati, so much yeah. so that his uh the, the the Bengals told him that you can't you can't sell tickets to no no Pittsburgh fans anymore. Like because yeah. he he did like that's that's what we were super cool. Just he's packed to me. But when I saw that, I was just like, 
that's why y'all can't have nice things, man. Yeah, you, it's, you're still thinking this big. Nobody. First and foremost. You're you, still okay. thinking. You're about to go to the Super Bowl. DK, you're thinking about the AFC North. Let me know when I'm looking directly into the lens. Am I looking right into it? They, I'm yeah. Out of, I, yeah, this is intense. If you are a Steelers fan who is trying to jump on the Cincinnati Bengals bandwagon, leave <laughs> right now. Don't finish this episode. None of those things are okay. If you ever in your, <laughs> it's so wrong. Those things don't mix. No, it's not I want, cool. This I, idea of we're going to pull for our division. No, you're not. No, nah, not on this one. I'm sorry. I like what Joe Burrow them got going on. Like you said, hat, man, look, I'm tipping my hat to him. I love it. It's cool. I don't know how they did it, but they did. I legitimately couldn't tell you how they did it. If you got a manufacturer enthusiasm for the Rams, which is kind of what everybody has to do in Los Angeles. If you got to do that, then say, listen, Aaron Donald plays for the Rams. Yeah. A pure Pittsburgh kid. Yeah. A big heart from Penn Hills mm-hmm. High School to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to Pitt. St. Louis first. And, 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 yeah. and, and still he, he just, he just rebuilt the University of Pittsburgh's locker room at the nice. Steelers complex. You know, he has his own stall in there. I don't know if yeah. you know that. They no. still have a 99 Donald with all his stuff in there. But the that's not even the cool part. The cool part is he uses it. He goes there year-round to, to work yeah. out. Yeah, I remember Coach Tomlin talking about him going back to Pitt every year training. I was just like, well, yeah. it was at the time before I knew who Aaron we, we Donald see him was. There. We see him there. I, I know, but I was just like, why are you so high on this Aaron Donald dude, oh, Coach yeah. T? He's, he's he was ahead of the curve on this Cheer one. for AD. Leave the Bengals alone. Yeah, you know? or or cheer for uh, uh, Andrew Whitworth. Love him, okay? Andrew Whitworth. He was smart enough to get away from Cincinnati, okay? Yeah, right. Like, that's where we're at with it. But, again, and I had Brian McFadden on my show, two-time Super Bowl winner in Pittsburgh. We all know that. And we asked him the question, can you stomach cheering for Cincinnati? He's like, bro, don't ever say that again. <laughs> Okay, like that was basically the conversation. Don't ever say that again is because I respect the heck out of Baltimore and we all do. But it's those other two that I'm just like, nah, no, there's that you get you get no handshake or any of that. No, it's 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 different. It, it's different. And I, I noticed yes. that when in, 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 the, in the room with you guys, especially in Cincinnati, it was just nasty with them all know? the time. And, you know, and because I, of that, like Pac saying that, it just solidified what we thought. They hate us because they ain't us. You know, there was a video of Burrow uh, celebrating in the Cincinnati locker room. This is Arrowhead Stadium. Mm-hmm. They had just won the AFC. And there's a player in the background, and I don't know who it is, but he's walking around with a We Run the North T-shirt. Now, this is where I'm going to bust you, Okay. Because you guys have always been a little guilty of the same thing. Yeah. Don't deny yeah. it. Yeah. No, I will There's not. something different about AFC North. When Bill Cower won his one and only Super Bowl mm-hmm. as a member of the Steelers in 2005, and he was uh, speaking to a rally in downtown Pittsburgh on Stanwyck Street and he made some kind of strange rambling comment to the effect of that this is like winning against the Bengals or the whatever. And it's like, yeah. and I'm sure everyone in the crowd is going, what? what? 
You huh? just won the you just won the Super Bowl, man. We don't care if it was the Seahawks. You no. Just but that's how you think. It's the division, isn't it? It, it really is, man. And I, it's, it's hard for me to say that, you know, the North isn't one of the best. Now, I acknowledge that the AFC West was pretty stacked. You know, it's pretty stacked this year in general. The AFC West was. But as far as grinding it out, slugfest, you better bring your A game week in and week out, no matter how good or bad you or your opponents in the North are. You just have to. And truth be told, Cincinnati is a testament of it. They went through the grinder. I think, truth being told, they swept us, Pittsburgh. They swept Baltimore. So did Pittsburgh also. And then they split one, a bad one, with, with, with the Browns, Browns because yeah. they didn't have any starters in. Like, when you do those things, the years that we were really, really good, DK, and we was like, this, like, say it real low, this, is the, this might be the year. Yeah. It's because you swept those teams. You graduated. You graduated. I don't yeah. forget my first start. You don't become a guy. You don't become a guy until you 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 play and win against Baltimore, not just play, but play and win, like those. And and so my first start, we end up losing in Baltimore. We had Dennis Dick, Dennis Dixon starting, and I'll never forget the next time around. That next year, the next year we went to the uh, Super Bowl, and we won. And I'm just thinking to myself, now I'm a stiller. You know, like it's sad that it comes down to that, but if you understand the effects of it, and truth be told, I understand why Pac-Man said what he said. Because yeah. they've just been doormats to us for a long time, even in their good years. We still split one, you know? Now, I feel like the Bengals grew up at Heinz Field earlier this season because not only did they beat the Steelers, but they beat them badly. They beat them. And there's when, when for anybody who didn't know what I meant by the graduation thing, you, you, you got into I it. Get, yeah. After this last... Uh, game in Baltimore just now, the one that unwittingly and unknowingly at the time put the Steelers <laughs> into the playoffs. <laughs> ben talked about going to Najee Harris and going to his young offensive lineman and going to Pat Fryermuth and these other guys and saying to them, never, never uh, forget this feeling. Yeah. Okay, there's winning and then there's winning in Baltimore and mm-hmm. then there's winning in Cleveland and then there's winning in Cincinnati. This is what being a Steeler is all about. Yeah. The rest of it's just freaking gravy. You know what? I can imagine when you said that, I can imagine wins at each one of those stadiums and what it meant to actually make it out. Not that you survive and won by one point, because sometimes you did, but to make it out because those crowds, they understand ball. They hate you. <laughs> They know your name. They know your name. You're the third string offensive lineman. They know your name. They know your name, and they can't wait. Like, you survive going to those games. Ask my wife when they went to Cincinnati. My brothers had to, like, the women were in the middle. Let's walk out together. Like, (laughs) you survive those stadiums, man. I I was standing at the base of your tunnel in Cincinnati the day that – the, the the spectacular game, the one that gave okay, the beer came down for Ben, uh, you know, the beer cans when he was on the, on the cart and everything. Mm-hmm. And Ben was still out on the field and Mike Tomlin and James Harrison are coming off the tunnel. Okay. Like mm-hmm. toward my direction. And then I see Harrison say, goes like this and he turns around and he realizes the quarterback isn't off the field yet. He runs back out to where Ben is and walks Ben off the field. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the AFC North. It is. It is. Like, it's just different. 
It really is. So when Pac said what he said, you know, to the victor goes the spoils. They're supposed to feel that way because I'm sure some people that, you know, would, would root for Pittsburgh, but we just don't do that when it's the AFC North like that, DK. Uh, and I, the fact that he said it on the Pittsburgh station too, I'm just like, it, but it was the most like, who's asking for that? Nobody. No, no one asked your permission. It's like asking for a spanking when you get by. Like, mom <laughs> forgot y'all. She forgot. It mom, was you, me. I took the cookie. It was me. Like, no, nobody. Again, if that was you that Pac Man was talking about, I'm not a fan of burning jerseys, but let yours go, please. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market. Ramon, the Steelers are undergoing some significant change, arguably the biggest change collectively that they've been faced with in 20 years, not just at the quarterback position. Um, I look at that offense right now, Mm -hmm. and I see if I had to, like, stamp, indelibly stamp who's playing in 2022, I've got – Najee Harris, yeah, Pat Fryermuth, mm-hmm. Deontay Johnson, and and, and I, I'm I'm waiting on you to say more. <laughs> I, I could well if you mean Dan Moore as opposed to more. Dan I could, yeah. Okay, I didn't know if that's what you meant. If you yeah, were being, no, 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 you were being no. Funny there. Okay, no. But um, I look at the entire offensive line and say, no one's anointed anything. No. No, absolutely not, and especially at that position, man, because, of course, there's been so much just up and down with that group. It's been so much like, well, we should do this, and guys missing games, and, of course, you always have, you know, guys going in in, in COVID protocol and stuff like that. That group in particular, you got Chooks as a free agent. I'm actually trying to look through my list right now. Trey Turner's a guy that's going to be out as mm-hmm. a free agent. Um, and the rest of the group is Dan Moore, and, and Kevin Dotson. J.C. Hausner. J.C. Hasenauer. Kendrick Hasenauer. Green is a – B.J. Is a, Finney. What do you do? Well, B.J.'s not – I mean, if if he couldn't get on the field this year, that's a tough Again, ask. You know what? We, we, we got to have a whole segment about that because I still say to myself, even still, I thought he was closer to me than he actually was. Who's that? Respectfully, BJ. I thought he was my biggest competition. I know, but it didn't happen this year. Something was off. You know what, what, what we heard, and this ended up actually making it onto the injury report at one point, was that he had back issues. Now, if you've got back issues, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here, obviously, and yeah. you're playing offensive line in the NFL, it's time to find mm-hmm. something else to do. No doubt about it. It's too much on your back, too much on your spine to actually deal with something like yeah. that. But that group in general, in general has to be fixed. Um, and you got to find something. Truth be told, you're going to have to trial by fire a little bit. And I know that's something you're not willing to deal with, but every group goes through it. Every group goes through it unless you just strike hot the way Kansas City did with their draft picks this year. Getting a six-rounder and, and Trey Smith. I think they got a first round. They end up trading for Zeus Brown. They did a whole lot of things to kind of bring it together, and they struggled early. Well, they did okay with that center too. So, <laughs> Come on now. Let's be real about it. Um, but with this group right here, you got to ask yourself, what are you going to do with Kendrick? What are you going to do with right guard because you lost him? What are you going to do at left because Dotson was – out for the most part. Chooks a core for. He's out because he's a free agent unless you bring him back. So you got to decide if you want to pay him. Zach Banner. 
I don't even know. I, I that one I don't even want to touch. It's like where's Waldo at this point? Yeah. Where's Yeah. There's a different day for that. And we and, both love and we both love the guy just so that that's, there's, a, there's a context here. There's it, the the level of respect I'm speaking only for myself here yeah. for for Banner is, is through the roof, but got to be on the field. You have to be on the field, but the steady Eddie of the group, truth be told, is Dan Moore. So, you like what him? do you do? I, I do like Dan because I feel like what he did in this first year right here of playing this many games, of course you saw some rookie mistakes come out. Depending on the coaching that he gets of whoever comes in, I know a lot of people begging for the guy they call Michael, the guy they call <laughs> Michael Munchak, the HOF guy. I know they are. I actually had a couple of guys text me about him like, do you think he will? Like players asked me that. And I was just like, I don't know. Because I don't know, you know, what Matt Canada is going to require as far as his OC goes. Um, but Dan Moore is going to be fine. He gets a lot of good offseason teaching. I know he trains his butt off. It's a factor of him learning the game more mentally here, getting accustomed to what guys are going to pick as far as his weaknesses go. I like what he's done. And again, you got to ask yourself if you don't have him at left tackle when he's played that for the most part of all, no, all of this year, Oof. you want another revolving door at left tackle? Yeah. You know, like a lot of people didn't love Max Starks, but Max was really doggone good at what he was doing. You know, and the same can be said about Al. People hated Al, too. But the thing is, you, you got to look at it and say, man, where are you actually going to get a Trent Williams? Now, where are you actually going to get a, a, a Andrew Whitworth type that can play for, now, you know, until he's 40 years old? Now, the number of Jonathan Ogdens that are out there is, is exactly zero in the league. He's they've got work to do over there. I, I would say that out of the offensive line, I'm, I'm with you that Moore is probably Damn. the most entrenched and, and you'd like to see really, I mean, we talk about it a lot, but you'd really like to see Dotson get I the know. coaching and the awareness because the brute strength is, is there. It's so visible, you know, you know what? And I, I hope he gets it gets it together because he has pride about himself. And when you have a guy that has yeah. good strength and he's got pride about his work, then you can work with that, DK. Yeah. You can yeah. work with that, listeners, because then the want to is always there. It's a matter yeah. of just tweaking the thing here or there, you know. But there's so many holes that's got to be filled. I'm looking at this list. I didn't even realize Terrell is up. They didn't oh, pick yeah. up his fifth-year option. No. No. I, I'm Guys. talking. To, I'm talking to Te. I'll tell you that. Especially if Terrell Austin ends up becoming the, the defensive coordinator, which I believe he will be. And Coach Austin was the one, not to take credit away from the yeah. athlete ever. Okay, but Coach Austin was the one working with Terrell on a daily basis, and really took Terrell from being a player where everyone was kind of like first round bust, first round bust to. Wow, how do we bring this guy back? Yeah, and that's what I was going to say when you talk about Terrell. Terrell has been solid, and I actually tweeted that out a, a few times this year while watching the games. I just had to say to myself, like, you can't fifth-year option both him and Minka. And truth be told, one can be better than the other, and you got to choose. That's the hard part of managing a team is they had to choose, and they chose Minka as far as the fifth-year option. The thing is, what is his market going to look like as far as bringing him back if you have that opportunity? Terrell is a good safety. Do not misconstrue that with anything else. That's not just a, a fill-in type of job that he did this year. He was in the box more. They challenged him to be in the box and tackle. He made some plays on the ball this year also. He had a good year going into his free agency. I got to give that to him. He was required to be up yeah. in the box tackling <laughs> the too, way those inside linebackers played. But if you if you <laughs> if you look at the if you look at the 
beyond the offensive line on the offensive side of the football, I'm seeing Deontay Johnson, and I'm seeing Juju gone. I'm seeing James Washington gone, and I'm seeing that I still don't know if Chase Claypool is going to mature, grow up. And I don't even mean intangibly. I mean just as a wide receiver. We might have to just sit down with him and have that conversation, DK. Just just talk to him so we can see where he is. As far he'd, as he'd listen to you. Where where are you? You know, because yeah. the same thing we've talked about as far as your play in the league. Look, be better one, two, and three, and then find your level at where you at. Like where are you at as far as being a pro too? You know, like the first year, whoo, go crazy, whatever you got to do. Now you're in the league. Well, where this are your sights? What what do you expect from yourself? Is this yeah. is this is one of those things like back when we had you know pre COVID, we could get into locker rooms and do real interviews with people. You know, those are the kind of questions that I would ask. Like, what do you? Well, not in a con like condescending a, way, condescending or confrontational way. You just say, "Where do you see yourself being?" When you look around and see Valid. Jamar Chase making the plays that he's making, when you look around and see uh, the the expectations that others have had for you, not in a derisive way. D- DK Met- like do comparables. DK Metcalf, Amari Cooper, yeah, big, big wide receivers, big wide receivers that body guys um, off, that fight for the football, that time their their high point right, mm-hmm. and like like. Hell, right. to come down not, with it. Not know? Godwin, but um, the other receiver in Tampa. Not Godwin, but uh, Mike Evans. Evans. Evans, Mike Evans. Yeah. Like, there's your template. Even A.J. Brown here in Nashville. A- like, not he's, even A.J. Brown. I'd you, put A.J. Brown near the top of that see, list. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Like, that's what's expected. Like, that fan base didn't root for you that much. You didn't go to Notre Dame and grind out that much to say, no, nah, I just want to be middle of the road because middle of the road gets you with an empty hand. You know? Like, go get it, young fella. Yeah, and find your way to get open space. Find a way to create yourself, uh, you know, comeback routes. Yeah. Something that he was doing as a rookie and then he stopped doing it in his in his, in his his second year. I don't know. We'll see. My point is there's a lot that needs to be done there. It is, and I, and I just got to say, the blanket is gone, y'all. Yeah, and then there's that. <laughs> I didn't even mention that position. He's kept us warm for 18 years. <laughs> the blanket. <laughs> we got to talk about it at some point, DK, whenever you're ready. But Yeah, well, let's let's do the big quarterback Ooh. thing next week. Let's do that um, and, and where this is all going. Not to throw a cruel tease out to everybody, but we you might know, as well. You know, just to give you some expectations for next week. Absolutely. All right, Moan. Get back to shoveling that Tennessee snow. This layer of ice is all that it is. <laughs>